It started literally in the aisles of the grocery store here in San Diego. And we have, I mean, so many of the health food stores, right? And you're walking through and there's literally a sustainably produced, transparently made product on every single aisle from like paper towels to cereal to Q-tips, like literally everything. And then you go into the alcohol aisle and those values kind of go out the door. And we're like, why is that? You know, that should, that should be changed. It's Mitzi and Mike, and this is the Wave Social Podcast powered by Arcade Studios, a show for brand builders, marketers, and creators, and anyone else who's trying to make waves online. We sit down with experts and tastemakers behind today's up-and-coming brands, and this time on the show, we have Annie Atwell, Director of Marketing at Juneshine. Mm-hmm. You feeling good? I'm feeling great. I went to the Cairo this morning and got adjusted. My hips feeling good. Your hips don't lie. My Lately, they do. Lately, my hips are like expanding and it's been really tough. Your hips are expanding. <laughs> if you didn't know, Mitzi is expecting a child. I am pregnant. So, so her that's body's changing. Why. Her hips are sore. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've been sore too. We just moved. So mm-hmm. we both needed a little bit of maintenance before the weekend. Yeah. And it's fun that we both had our appointments back to back. Yeah. I mean, we sound old, but <laughs> we honestly go to the chiropractor like twice a month. I know. That's how you know that you're old is when you're like, feeling good and like it's a highlight of your week and not only are we going to the chiropractor we're both going at the same time as like a mat a matter of efficiency <laughs> it's like true. how does this have the least impact on our calendar take the least amount of time but we also had some time to kill when we got there mm-hmm. after dropping off our daughter at daycare so we had an impromptu date. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, there's a cafe next door. We chilled there, had some avo toast. Except we didn't talk at all. <laughs> I was going to say, like, impromptu date, but we were both on our phones working, working for the most part. yeah. Checking our emails and yeah. getting caught up. And then somehow this was, like, meant to kill time, but Mitzi ended up buying, like, $150 worth of decor You told items. me to. I mean, you how could I tell you not to, to you know? Yeah, you I, said there's a really cool coffee table <laughs> book, and I started there. That was, like, $70, and right. then... Picked up a few other things we need. Window shopping turned into <laughs> credit card charges. Yeah, it was nice. It'll look nice. Highlight of my my day for yeah. many reasons. My wallet feels lighter mm-hmm. though. Um, but should we talk about Annie? Yeah. Okay. So Annie Atwell, she's the director of marketing at June Shine. Um, her journey has taken her all over the place from Fortune 500 companies like Birchbox and American Express. And now even into uh, businesses like Imperfect Foods and, of course, June Shine, which is the subject of our conversation. Yes. And if you don't know, June Shine is a hard kombucha. It has 4.2 to 6% alcohol, and it's sustainably made and sustainably produced with sustainable ingredients. Wow, that's a lot of sustainable. It is. And we get into all of that nitty-gritty stuff in the podcast. But I always love talking to someone who's on the brand side of marketing. It's just so... As someone who's on the agency side, it's so interesting to hear like what they focus on and how they are like growing their audience. So I just keep thinking about how hard kombucha would be dangerous for you because you get buzzed just off of normal kombucha. Kombucha doesn't need alcohol to get me buzzed. Imagine, imagine the enjoyable time you could have. It's the fermentation, I think, that just gets me like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I loved about June Shine in our conversation is just how they really got it right when it came to building community. And like, I think a lot of brands talk about that, and but really, that's just a buzzword way of talking about having followers on social media. But I think they really started out with June Shine as kind of a solution for people that 
maybe didn't want to drink beer, mm-hmm. but they wanted the brewery kind of experience. And so their brewery in San Diego is really a gathering place for people that want to hang out and have a good time. But then they've somehow really managed to translate that community feel nationwide to their customers and followers that aren't necessarily in San Diego. Yeah, I think it's really cool. You can see it even from like their photography, which we ask Annie about too. Um, so I, I think it's a really impressive brand all around. Yeah. Should we welcome her? Get Let's into it? Let's do it. Enjoy the episode. All right. Annie, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you and to chat all things Juneshine. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So the way we got here is one of our coworkers had heard about you through a friend and was like, we need to get them on the podcast. And as soon as we checked out your social and saw what you guys were up to, we were like, heck yeah, this, this is something we need to make happen. And we made it happen before the holidays. So um, could you just kind of give us a little bit of the elevator pitch for June Shine, what you do, who you're becoming and who your audience is? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Juneshine is a better for you alcohol brand. Um, so right now we started in, in hard kombucha and it's hard kombucha that's organic. It's gluten-free. It has probiotics and it's 6% ABV. Uh, and we make it with all natural ingredients. Um, so it's really only fruit juice and spices. Um, and we make it transparently so you know exactly what's in it. In the alcohol industry, it's crazy. A lot of people don't know about this, but most producers are actually not required to disclose the ingredients uh, in whatever they make, right? Um, totally crazy since when you walk through a grocery store, every other thing that you consume, um, you have to disclose the ingredients, but alcohol doesn't have to do that. So that was kind of our mission. We wanted to disrupt that and say to consumers, you know, this is exactly what's in your alcohol and it's all stuff that you can pronounce. And then in addition to that, um, June China is sustainably produced. So um, we donate 1% of revenues to 1% for the planet, which is Patagonia's collection of nonprofits. They're certified by Patagonia. And then recently, uh, we're now carbon neutral. Um, So we have zero carbon footprint, which is pretty awesome. That's huge. Yeah. And then for you specifically, can you give us a bit of the roadmap for how you got involved with June Shine? And like, what were were you doing before that? Why why here and now? For sure. Um, I kind of, I like to think of my career path, um, like I'm always trying to find the intersection of sustainability and kind of marketing and design. Um, And 10 years ago, when I started that journey, there was like nothing in the space, right? I was like farming, like sustainable farming and like graphic design. (laughs) Those two didn't really go hand in hand, but luckily over the course of the last 10 years, you know, sustainability is really like front and center for millennials and for Gen Z. So we have all these brands popping up everywhere, um, all these D to C brands as well. So was lucky enough to find myself at Imperfect Produce, um, or now Imperfect Foods. Um, so I was the director of brand there, and that's where I was first introduced to June Shine. We did a collab with them, and we donated Imperfect apples for one of June Shine's flavors. It was cran apple cinnamon, which is like one of our favorites during oh, the holidays. Oh, sounds so good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So I had heard of June Shine, um, but it was actually someone on my team who had organized the collaboration, so didn't know all that much. Um, so after I left Imperfect Foods, I um, was really like thinking about my next role and what I wanted it to be. And I knew I, w- I wanted it to be sustainable and I wanted it to be a new challenge um, and like really creative. June Shine, I think it even just like maybe came up on my feed. So like similar to you guys where it just pops up. And then through Friends of Friends, got connected to Forrest, one of the co-founders. Um, and we just had an awesome conversation and hit it off and the rest is history. 
Love it. I want to talk about clean alcohol for a little bit because that's still like a concept that I'm still like trying to wrap my head around. And you mentioned that like alcohol is the one thing that people don't have to be really open about what's in it. Um, And I'm wondering if you can maybe walk through like what inspired that disruption? Like why did Juneshine start and wanted to exist in that space to make clean alcohol? Yeah, I think it started literally in the aisles of the grocery store. Forrest and Greg, our co-founders, um, you know, they were walking through grocery stores here in San Diego. And we have, I mean, so many of like so many of the health food stores, right? And you're walking through and there's literally a sustainably produced, transparently made product on every single aisle from like paper towels to cereal to Q-tips, like literally everything. And then you go into the alcohol aisle and those values kind of go out the door. Like you have... I feel like, you know, biodynamic wine is the thing. Um, And there are some organic beers, but it's really like hops, organic hops are really expensive. So for whatever reason, people just throw those values out the door when they're drinking alcohol. And we're like, Mm -hmm. why is that? You know, that should, that should be changed. Um, So that was kind of the mission from, from the beginning. Cool. And who is the brand created for? I mean, I would say like our co-founders definitely created it for millennials, but Um, anybody can enjoy hard kombucha, right? Like the taste is really good. It's delicious. It's not tart or vinegary like, um, you know, any of the other like traditional kombucha brands because we use green tea and honey instead of black tea and sugar. But I would say, you know, it's really, I would say for millennials and Gen Z, but then also for anyone who, um, cares more about what they put into their body. Like we get a lot of the health focused people. So like paleo, keto, CrossFit, Um, anybody who's really thinking about like, okay, does this have gluten? Is this organic? Is this low sugar? Right. Because we check all the boxes for those people. Um, and then anybody who's interested in sustainability, um, it's pretty hard to find sustainable alcohols. There are definitely some out there, but you know, we're, we're one of the top ones for sure. Love it. Would you say, could you like point back to a pivotal moment for June shine in its early days of like when it started to build some traction or really get noticed by that market? Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of our success, I attribute to our strong community in San Diego. And I think a lot of brands do this where they really like mobilize their local community first. Um, And we are such a direct product market fit to San Diego. There's tons of breweries here. Um, People really care about their health. People really love like farm to booch or like farm to table, right? It started with that. Um, And when I joined was right when, so we had a really small tasting room in North Park, a neighborhood here. And right when I joined um, was when we got uh, our big brewery that we use now. So it's actually Ballast Points old facility. If you guys are familiar with Ballast Points, very big brewery. Mm -hmm. And right at that, that was like the biggest inflection point for us because suddenly we had tens of thousands of square feet to host events, to make tons and tons of booch. So once that press came out, it was like, oh, June Shine's like really kind of on the up and up. Nice. Awesome. I wanted to ask you about tasting rooms. I saw that you have tasting rooms and obviously like the pandemic has changed how we gather in person, things like that. What has that evolution looked like for you guys and how are you hoping to use tasting rooms as things are opening up again? Well, hopefully, hopefully we don't go back into too many closures. I know they're all happening right now um, because tasting rooms to us are really like the pinnacle of the June Shine experience, right? Because you can go in and have the entire June Shine world right in front of you. You can go in and try new flavors on tap because in our tasting rooms, we have like 
usually sometimes even up to like 15 flavors um, that aren't available in cans. You can meet booch tenders. Um, you might meet one of our co-founders who might be there for the day. Um, you can meet some ambassadors. Like a lot of our LA ambassadors actually go to the tasting room regularly. Um, you can get merch. You can hear DJs. Like we have tons of workshops here that we host in San Diego. So like during the holidays, it might be like a wreath making workshop or something like that or a yoga class. So you really get it's hard to explain it, right? Like you can look at an Instagram and kind of be like, okay, this is a little bit what it's like, right? They surf, they like drink kombucha, but going to the tasting room is like the real experience. So we're hoping that, you know, we can do that. We've done that in San Diego. We've done it in LA. Now we're just hoping we can kind of pick a few other cities where people can really experience June Shine. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the in-person like experience of a brand. I, I feel like it's so hard to replicate digitally. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that We'll see more of that as we go. And I want to ask you about ambassadors because we've even as like an observer, we can see that there's a really strong ambassador program. What was what does that look like for you guys and how do you pick ambassadors? That has been part of our strategy from the beginning. And part of that comes from Forrest, our co-founder. He actually was a filmmaker before he joined or before he started June Shine. Um, so he would do like surf movies and snow movies. So he had all these like pro athlete friends who's like, you guys like try this kombucha, you know, if you like it, help me support it. Um, so it started really organically, uh, which I think is, is key. And that's kind of how we've kept going with it. But we, it's very atypical for us to just reach out to someone based on like their followers and their engagement. Um, like usually, it's something like our our customer care team will see a celebrity drinking June Shine and raving about it, and we'll be like, "Oh, let's let's message them. Like, let's get a conversation going. This is so real." Like, um, so a lot of them have started like that, or just even through friends of friends, um, you know, who know influencers or celebrities, um, and they're like, "So and so is super interested in June Shine. They're really excited about it. They want to start a conversation." So we're lucky in that way, and that we have people reaching out to us. But we usually we're not going to like just pay someone to talk about you and shine, right? Because it's never going to be as good. It's never going to be as genuine. And that's not how we built our community. And then in terms of how we choose them, um, I think that enthusiasm is first and foremost. And then an interest in sustainability, um, you know, and there's a spectrum, obviously not every single one of our ambassadors um, is going to be totally 100% sustainable, right? And that's, we never want to be exclusive in that way. And I would say also just having, a passion, right? Having something that they're working towards every day, whether that's snowboarding or sustainable farming or comedy, right? Like all of them kind of have this thing that they care a lot about. Um, So that's really the red thread, but it's helped us a lot um, just in terms of building our community and our followers. So once you've identified an opportunity like that, whether it's a celebrity or someone who just is known for really caring about sustainability or both, Um, Once you get into like, okay, the relationship is established, what are some tips or advice or experience that you've had from the execution side of that? And like really making sure this is a successful ambassador program that actually Mm -hmm. contributes to business objectives. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think it's also worth saying um, a lot of our ambassadors are investors as well. So a lot of them have skin in the game, right? Which I think is really important. You're not just paying them like their June Shine's growth is also their growth. Um, so if, if that's doable from the get-go, awesome. Um, you know, if that's not, I think it's just like everything else setting super clear expectations, right? Where it's like, we expect 
these number of posts, you know, every so often. But I also think there's the human side of that where we like really try to check in with people on a super informal basis, like just via text, right? Where it's like, thanks so much for that. Or even just like keeping tabs on what they're doing. Um, you know, it's hard to do. Everything moves so fast these days, but like with influencers and celebs, right? Like I'll be like, oh, I saw you on this. That was so awesome. You did so well. Like, I mean, just like you would with a friend, right? Right. Um, just kind of keeping tabs and, um, you know, thanking them, even if they do, like they might do a post like on their own, right. About doing that. And I'm like, Oh, thank you so much for doing that. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just like trying not to go on and like autopilot, yeah. right. Which a lot of us tend to do, um, and like deliverables and plans are great, but you want to make sure there's a human side to them too. Mm-hmm. That personal, actual, like real relationship, I feel like is so much more impactful than like having some sort of formal like marketing lingo, email, follow up, like all that stuff. Yeah, I, that's such a that. differentiator because so many brands, it's just not like that. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's so funny. I know people have like teams managing influencers and ambassadors, but we really like – we're super grassroots with how we do it, which I love. Um, like mm-hmm. there's really no crazy process for it. Um, it's like usually Forrest texting and being like, Hey, what are you thinking for our photo shoot? Like here are a few ideas we have, you know, let's hop on a call. Yeah. Um, that can be a blessing and a curse. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> like on the one side, that personal relationship is so valuable. And the other side, it's like keeping up with all of that. Yeah, for sure. But I think you you pointed out, Annie, something a little bit ago that I think is important to emphasize, and that is like really uh, activating your local community first. And I think a lot of brands, especially new ones that are starting up, like any entrepreneurs, they have big aspirations, you know? So I think sometimes we try to reach too far too fast. Mm-hmm. And that's where inauthentic connections happen, whether it's with customers or even with ambassadors or influencers that we're paying to represent our product. But I think it sounds like the, a lot of the the wins that you've been having or that like real connection that you've established on a, multiple different levels is because uh, you guys were methodical about that and intentional and patient. I think patience is a, a virtue even more in business than some other places sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. There's the local community. Don't underestimate them. Yes. They are so powerful. Totally. So working in spirits and alcohol, I feel like that creates like a whole new side of restrictions in terms of what you can do marketing wise and advertising. Um, If we're talking about like more so the digital side of your marketing efforts, what are some of the things that have worked well for you? Yeah, I mean, following following the rules, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and just making sure that we have. legal counsel that we can go to with questions, right? I was not in alcohol before this. So Mm -hmm. now I have a pretty good idea of where we can and can't go, you know, and we never want to make any health claims. I think it's just trying to, you know, sometimes having parameters like that can make you more creative because you have very clear bounds to work in. Um, So sometimes I actually like that structure where it's like, okay, all of this is off limits. And then you're like, well, how, how can we get more creative with that then? If we can't do this sort of giveaway and we can't say we're this, what's another way that we can get that value prop across, Mm -hmm. right? So is it with imagery? Is it with tone? So really, I think we're trying to work with it that way, right? Like people still very much understand what Juneshine is, despite the fact that we actually can't say a lot of what it is Mm -hmm. um, based on regulations. 
So it's definitely tricky, but I think it's it's the fun part of marketing. Yeah, I think it's like an interesting puzzle. We actually had a guest on our show. Um, he's an expert in cannabis marketing, which is, mm-hmm. of course, there's restrictions Even and tougher. challenges with that. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it was almost like what he, how he positioned it. it. It was like, we have to market in a way where the thing that the commodity isn't like the front of our marketing channels or the front mm-hmm. of our messaging. And I, I guess that goes into like our next question about lifestyle and creating like a lifestyle brand, which from what we can perceive on social and your website and things like that, you have done that pretty successfully. What has been, you know, the process for achieving that? And what do you think is really, you know, the, the pillars of creating a lifestyle brand for June Shine? Yeah, it's definitely been the goal from the start. There's a reason we didn't name it like June Booch, right? Right. Um, it's always been June Shine, which even the word itself to me, like evokes this, like carefree summer, like, you know, 12 hours of sunshine a day, like out in the water, out hiking, like there's just like this vibe that you get from just the word. Um, so I think we've definitely had that in in mind from the start. And I think the people, you know, like our ambassadors that we've chosen to partner with also are very much lifestyle folks, right? Like they, they surf, they hike, um, they live very full lives. And I think it's also that like our co-founders didn't really set out to make alcohol necessarily. They weren't like, we just want to make a delicious alcohol, right? They were like, we want to make a product that's that's transparently made, uh, that's sustainably made, that helps reduce climate change, right? And it was like kombucha just happened to be the thing. Um, and I think we'll expand into other products, maybe even outside of alcohol one day, who knows? I think like Juneshine could do something like host a music festival, right? And it would still make sense because we're not just known for booch. And that's what we wanted to do from the beginning um, because everybody at Juneshine too, even employees have fashions that they're pushing forward, right? Like we have graphic designers that also make um, clothes. Like they also, you know, we have like a fashion designer. Um, so we have we kind of run the gamut in terms of like where we want to play. Um, and it's not just hard kombucha. Yeah. And that's a really hard thing to do. Like, I think a lot of people when they're like, oh, I'm marketing a product, they put the product at the center of everything Mm -hmm. they produce. And it's like, you know, an easy thing to fall into. It's almost like you have to like shake yourself and be like, okay, let's think beyond this product so that things like what you said, music festivals and whatnot makes sense. Is that something that like when you're creating like imagery, for example, like you have really great photography and you really embody that like June shine vibe, like even as an outsider, like the 12 hour days of sunshine, like that really is um, like, it's so clear in all your imagery and stuff. Is that something that is kind of shared value among the entire team? Is that something that you've been like really spearheading? Like What's been like the the process to like getting all of that kind of content? When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Now.
Yeah. Um, you know, we have guidelines. Um, I think our team is still pretty small um, and has been like we've been together kind of since the beginning. Um, so even if things aren't necessarily formalized in a document, um, everybody understands the brief, understands the assignment. <laughs> so we tend to be pretty like at this point, the brand is so people know what june china is even if we hire a new photographer you know they can look through our instagram feed and be like got it got it got it okay this is like this is what we're going for you know um i mean most photography it's like 80 percent life and then like 20 percent product you know i mean we definitely have studio shots because the cans are beautiful but um we try to squeeze in as much lifestyle there as possible love it Going over to environmental impact, <clears throat> you mentioned this earlier and how you recently this year announced your net zero carbon footprint, which is huge, especially given that this, like you just said, like this was started more with a sol solution to a problem in mind than just wanting to do a specific product. Um, so how has that changed the company or your approach to marketing now that you've accomplished that? Are there other objectives along the sustainability side that you're working to is it or is it now just kind of like let's keep building on this foundation we've established what does that look like yeah i mean sustainability is at our core so i think each year we're trying to do better so you know we started with one percent for the planet which like in and of itself is awesome for a startup to do um right when you're trying when all you're trying to do is make money yeah to be one percent of this is going to nonprofits is awesome and we do little things, right? Like um, our brewery is powered by solar right now, um, which is great through SDG&E. Um, we repack, um, it's called bailing all of our uh, like cardboard um, so that we can actually send it out to be like recycled. Uh, we do it for a lot of other breweries as well. Um, we're actually one of those like drop places for it. So there's a lot of things that we do and we compost. Um, so we have a restaurant in our brewery and we compost anything that's compostable. Um, as does the brewery staff. So we do these like small daily things. A lot of people carpool too. And then our decision to go um, net zero with carbon, it was really like, what can we do? I think with marketing, the tough thing, right? Is like, we want to do the most sustainable thing that can also tell a story. And sustainability is historically very difficult to explain, especially um, like carbon. I feel like people are starting to get it right where it's like, okay, you have a carbon footprint as, a, as an individual. I have one as a company and like, this is how we're going to offset it. Um, so we felt like that was at least somewhat easy to explain, but also very impactful, right? Biden now announced that initiative. I think it was earlier this year um, that businesses needed to reduce greenhouse gases um, by 2030. So we were like, great, we're on the right path. This is something that all businesses are going to have to do. You know, we're just, we want to get there quicker. So I think eventually, I think we would love to start our own nonprofit. Um, I think that would probably be the next step. Um, you know, we've talked about it. We, um, it's something that we would love to do, whether that's helping to preserve land somewhere, right? Like buy a piece of land. Um, we're really into regener regenerative farming um, and saving the soil. Um, that is one of the best ways to reduce gas, uh, greenhouse gas emissions. So we're looking at things like that. But I think just in general, um, you know, trying to do something bigger every single year um, to make our business more sustainable. Nice. In terms of like sharing that message, does that like you mentioned that people are starting to get it? Is there still you know, challenges with explaining what that means to like the average consumer. Like I'm sure, you know, sustainability being a 
a core pillar of your business is probably created this really great community of, you know, early adopters and believers. But then as you're expanding your brand, your brand gets bigger and it gets a bigger reach. Maybe some of that has been lost. Like, have you seen, are there some challenges that you have to overcome in terms of explaining and really dialing in on exactly what that means for people who maybe might not be as familiar with your brand? Yeah, I think the most challenging part is usually social, right? Because you have like two sentences to explain what something is. If that, sometimes it's like three words and you've lost people. So, or even, um, you know, in our like point of sale materials, um, really there's like a max of five words at the shelf, right? It's like very minimal to then explain what that is. Um, And so many things are greenwashed these days. Um, I haven't noticed anything in particular, like about us getting bigger and it getting harder to communicate. It's just like, you have to find the stories, right? Like one of our best performing posts a couple years ago was about how uh, most breweries will wrap barrels in plastic, like kegs. Mm -hmm. They will wrap kegs in plastic wrap uh, on pallets. And we found that it was, we could actually just use rubber bands, like giant rubber bands. Um, And that was way more sustainable. And that was a specific example of like, we're being more sustainable that people could wrap their heads around, right? Because rubber bands, are better than plastic. So I think it's just trying to find those very tangible examples for people to say like, okay, you know, we're going net zero with our carbon footprint. And that means that we are supporting uh, a wind farm in Nevada, right? And it generates this much green energy. So um, I think it's just tangible examples is always kind of what we try to fall back on. Yeah, that's so interesting. I I don't know why, but the big rubber band thing is just blowing my mind right now. Like, <laughs> did those already exist? <laughs> did you did those already exist? And you just like were like, let's throw yeah. these on some kegs, or you like actually made these giant rubber bands? No, they they exist. You can buy them. You can just go online and buy them. Wow. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll be checking them out when I order my pallet of June. Shrine. Mike, Mike is just like exhibit A of like the person who's like mind blown and like lights are on because of the message that you're sharing. So that's cool. It's awesome. That's um, we always like to ask this one specific question um, for from all of our guests. But what is one piece of advice that you've been given along the way that has really stuck with you that you would want to pass on to our listeners? Yeah, um, I think. So I have two sets of advice. I think for folks that are still kind of figuring out their career, which I guess is really all of us, right? Because we evolve over time. I always try to pay attention to like when my interest is peaked, right? Like it's like, what books have I been reading? What Instagram accounts have I been following? What brands do I love? Um, And it doesn't always makes sense at the time. Like when I was kind of figuring out my way in my career, right? Like my interests were like design thinking, uh, farming documentaries, like fashion. Like it was like a total, like seemingly random group of things. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to make all of these things make sense. But with time I was. So I think just, especially for people early in their career, just trying to connect the dots and not necessarily, um, you know, get to that endpoint, but know that they're all going to connect eventually. And just to make note of them and kind of have that running list of like, I know I like this. I know I like this. I know I like this. Had That really helped me. Um, and I feel like that's why I landed in a career that I love. And then I think for, for folks who are deep into their career, um, and this is something that I remind myself of every day, is it's so easy to go on autopilot 
um, especially with marketing, right? It's like we have all these deliverables day after day and like we're posting and we're sending that email and like, okay, how many emails do we have queued up in these campaign, right? It's like, there's always a to-do list. Uh, and it's so important that you pause and can kind of lift yourself out of the executional side of things, right? Especially for a startup brand to make sure it's, it's not being lost in the sauce, right? That you're not losing the the magic that made you the great startup or like the great company that you are. Um, Cause the autopilot is really, really easy. Like I think even just a, an example of that is I try to set aside a couple hours uh, every month just to like let my mind wander, you know, and be like, what, what has caught my eye lately that brands have done? What are some cool emails I've seen? So just like kind of creative time mm -hmm. uh, and time to think instead of just like do, 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 because we're all doers. Thanks for the example. I was going to ask you about that. Um, but I'm curious too, like you do it on your own once a month or whatever, but do you, do you get opportunities to do that with your team as well? And what yeah, that? we try to, um, I have, I manage a few different sub teams. So, um, you know, with one of them, we'll do a monthly brainstorm. That's kind of a wild card. Everybody can kind of serve up ideas for what we talk about. And then I would say at least twice a year, we actually just got back from a work offsite. Um, so our creative team went off uh, and was uh, scheming for this new launch we have early next year. Okay. So we, we try to, we try to. Mm -hmm. It's easier said than done. And like we have a Slack yeah. channel for it. So there's always that, you know, if there's nothing else, if you can't make the time, at least throw it in Slack and like the new ideas channel. But totally. Um, but yeah, we try. I think pulling yourself out of the day-to-day -day is so important and I think it's even harder now when people are like maybe working from home and they're just like sliding into like their autopilot like mode of working. It's really hard to get out of that and to like step back and feel inspired because there's just – it's just a different reality. So I think like that practice of doing that is really good advice. Yeah. It's easier said um, than done. I know. Things. Totally. On that note, we also like to ask everyone what's catching, who's making waves right now. So like what's catching your eye right now, if there is an Instagram account or if there's another brand or another creator or maybe an ambassador, who's making waves to you right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've always been super interested in the direct to consumer space um, and it's really blown up with sustainable brands recently. Um, so those have been catching my eye a lot. So the ones that I've been looking at, um, there's Blue Land, um, Grove, um, which is like cleaning products, right? Those are both cleaning products that are sustainable. Uh, and then by Humankind, they do shampoo and conditioner bars. They do um, all sorts of uh, like personal care products that are sustainable. So really just like any brand that is helping me live a more sustainable life. I also love the package free shop um, and they're also direct to consumer. But yeah, anything that makes it easier for me to like eliminate plastic from my cleaning and personal care routines is awesome. And they all have like subscription models as well. So they make it super easy. Um, so those are probably, I don't know, top of mind right now, just because they're so close to June shine. Love um, That's awesome. I'm a big fan of Blue Land too. I think they're awesome. Yeah. Selfishly, before we get to the last question, I also want to ask you, like, we're based in Canada. Do you have any plans to ship internationally? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wish. Canada always asks us. We always get <laughs> notes from them. And we have people who actually have, like, 
snuck it across the border before like they've gone into New York and brought it back across. Amazing. <laughs> That's uh, really is, like, true dedication, true dedication. Um, <laughs> we don't have any plans right now. I would say, you know, we're really just scratching the surface of the US right now. Like we kind of just finalized our distribution like this year. So now it's about going deeper into those markets. But I would love for us to go to Canada. I think Australia and Japan um, would be really awesome markets for us. We get notes from people there all the time asking when we'll be there. Um, like, but so far, only the US. All right. All right. We'll, we'll be ready when the time comes. Exactly. Have yeah. some great early customers over here. <laughs> the last one before we let you go is Annie, you, for you specifically, where can listeners connect with you after this? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, it's Annalise Atwell. So it's my full name. Uh, and then Instagram is super easy. It's just also known as Annie. Those are the easiest places. All right. Awesome. Well, this has been great. We're excited to see Juneshine continue to grow. We appreciate you taking the time to kind of pull us, pull back the curtain for us. And we hope you have a great holiday. Thanks. You guys too. Thank awesome. you.